Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand a little more about how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Skyway helps you know more, do more, and win more in the government market. To learn more, visit skywayacq.com. Today, our guest is our friend and retired contracting officer, Shelly Hall. Shelly and I discuss a very important topic, contractor performance assessments. All right, let's get started. So in your real life, if you're hiring a plumber or someone to build a deck on your house, I use that example all the time, how do you find out if they're actually any good? Well, there's tools like Angie's List online where you can check what other people think about a contractor. And CPARS is the way the government does that. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's. It's it's interesting that you mentioned Dandy's list. I just I just used Dandy's list to look up some uh, some some work I need to be done after Hurricane Matthew. But oh, yeah. but yes, it, it's it's basically a report card. It's a report card of contractor performance. That's that's what the CPARS is. All right, let's define this thing. CPARS is an acronym. stands for Contractor Performance Assessment Reporting System. CPARS and CPARS is designated as the federal government wide solution for collection of contractor performance information. It's required by FAR Part 42.15, and that's probably our only FAR reference for today. It's required to be used in source selection evaluation. So anytime you're doing a FAR Part 15 source selection, you have to use past performance information that comes out of CPARS as part of your assessment. But it's not just CPARS, there's more to it, right? How does this work, Shelley? Yeah, it's all it's like those commercials. But wait, there's more. <laughs> um, and this is uh, this is the government alphabet soup: the CPARS, the PIPPERS, and the FAPIS. The CPARS system collects that information and passes it to the Past Performance Information Retrieval System, which is PIPPERS, the report card. I thought maybe and, that was peepers, but that would be a different well, peppers, website, peepers, right? Whatever. It's yeah, it's whatever you want to call it. Peepers don't go to peepers.gov. I was gonna see I, I have a feeling that might be really bad. That would be kind of like, yeah, like uh whitehouse.com, don't ever go to that. <laughs> anyhow. Um the uh and then it goes to the Federal Awardee Performance and Integrity Information System, which is FAPUS. Oh my goodness. <laughs> which is the government-wide performance information repository where past performance information can be retrieved by those government agencies. So, so it's, it's a flow. All right. So, so let me walk through that again, since we, since we uh, got a little, I got a sidetrack there. So CPARS collects the information, passes it to PIPPERS and to FAPIS. So CPARS is where you collect it and PIPPERS and FAPIS are where you can view that information. And the websites real quick, it's, it's cpars.gov, cpars.gov, it's pippers.gov, ppirs.gov, and then fapis.gov is fapiis.gov. So it's just the acronyms.gov is how you get there. Yes. So those are fairly simple to get to. So now that I've said the websites, so I can just go on there and I can look at contractors' performance whenever I want? Oh, no, no. No? <laughs> no, no, no. CPARS and PIPPERS are is they're both restricted sites, and it's only those individuals who are part of the assessing chain for the contract. So that would be normally the folks like uh, the program manager, the, the assessing official, the contracting officer representative, 
the, the, those kind of folks, the reviewing official, there's always a reviewing official, which is one level above the assessing official. So, so those folks that are in the assessing chain or for the personnel working on a source selection. Now, contractors can only view their own data also. So So if I'm a contractor, I can go on and I can see all of my ratings, but I can't see other companies, right, my competitors' right. ratings. And uh, so, yes. So CPARs and PIPRs are both restricted, but FAPIS has both a government-only accessible site and a public access site. So you, me, anybody can get into FAPIS and we can see very at a very general level kind of collectively bad reports, terminations for convenience or cause and those kind of things. And, and by the way, prior to award of any contract, or any contract modification, um, the contracting officer has to have a FAPIS check for any action over $150,000 in their contract file. So that's how they know that very last uh, look to make sure that uh, a contractor is responsible as defined in FAR Part 9. Oh, I came up with another FAR reference. It's just important to remember that the info flows from the CPARs where it's input down to PIPRs and then to FAPIS. Okay, let's talk about when this happens in in the cycle here. So we're talking about rating contracts and we're talking about retrieving that information. It's past performance information for future use. So the information is entered into CPARs by, like you said, the program manager or the core or the COTAR or someone like that. When do they enter the information? Well, now basically a report has to be prepared every 365 days of contract performance. So um, if, if it's a fiscal year driven contract, then at, at the end of the reporting period, which is 30 September, then that starts the cycle for when they start inputting that information. So lots of data flows in in October. Lots of data probably flows in in January for calendar year-based acquisitions. So if you're looking to review that information for use in evaluating contractors, if you're on the government side, you go in and look at it anytime, right? It's It's not necessarily related to the time. It's when you need it. And that's usually when you're doing a source selection. You go into CPARs or actually PIPRs and you look at the ratings of the people that have bid on your contract. Is that right? It, it is. And, and it kind of, it's one of those, it depends things. If, if you're part <laughs> of a source selection team, then you've gone to your organization, CPARS focal point, and they've given you access to the actual CPARS, which is that all that information that's initially put in there. So you can actually go in and see the CPARS rating. If you are, are doing something, let's say you're not doing a part 15, source selection. Let's say you're doing a simplified acquisition, uh, a commercial FAR Part 12 acquisition, something that's outside of FAR FAR Part 15. Well, you still have to do responsibility determination. You still have to make sure that they have adequate past performance, you know, that they have good performance ratings. So uh, because we don't want contractors that have poor performance ratings, you know, doing our work. So then, then right. you could, you know, you could look in, you could request access to PIPRs and get into the PIPR system, which again, that's through your CPRs focal point of the organization, or you could just look in FAPIS if that's all that's required for you to look at. So just, yeah. it, it just depends. 
linking this to the time zones that we always talk about on the podcast, acquisition time zone wise, this is source selection zone is the the primary point where this is happening. Up from the execution time zone, this covers all of the zones. It starts out in the honeymoon zone. The entire performance zone, this is when you're getting those ratings. And then the repeat and wrap-up zone, this is after the contract's over, you get a final rating, right? So it's it's the entire time, contractors, that you're you're being rated and that rating is being documented. Right. It's it's kind of it it lives, you know, it it lives with the lifespan of the contract. So it it starts out, you know, before the contract's ever awarded and then follows through that that contract. And something something you said kind of piqued something in my mind is, you know, one of one of the things that you contracting officers look at too or source selection teams is if you have started out, maybe your first CPARS was like a really good CPARS. And then your option was exercised on your contract in that second year, your performance, not, not so much. And then the third year, maybe <laughs> even worse. And so that a downward trend can, can really be very damaging or conversely, let's say maybe you started out with satisfactory and then by the end of performance, you got to exceptional. Well, then that tells them that that's, you know, a, a motivated contractor that's, that's really gotten into the performance of the contract and doing well. So, so those trends across the years also make a difference. That's a great point. That's a great point. It, it, it's very useful for that. And you also brought up something we should have mentioned, how the rating system works. It's like a five-star review kind of thing. What are, what are the different ratings you can get in CPARs? Besides just there's always a, a text uh, area where you have to describe what you're doing, but do you get, do you get gold right. stars for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think that might be easier uh, because it's it to me it's still a little bit on the subjective side, but um, they have um, a, unsatisfactory. You don't you don't want to get those. Then they have marginal. Right. Then they have satisfactory, um, and then they have and I forget the next what the next one's called. It's like very satisfactory or something like. That. And then exceptional. Those are those blue. Those big, the big hoo-ha ratings. Uh, you know, what's interesting is I kind of read, can read through, well, this is, this is what makes up a marginal rating. And, you know, depending on if I'm a really hardcore um, CO and the contractor's performing their job, I might say, you know, satisfactory is the best a contractor can ever do. You know, they're doing the work. You know, what, that's what, that's uh, what their contract is to do. It's to do this. And we expected them so to do it well. I give them an exceptional? So, or if you're, you know, if, if you're a contracting officer and you understand that, you know, the contractors, you know, they, they live and die by these ratings that, you know, then you want to quantify that exceptional rating to say why they did that. But, but really the CPARS is supposed to be a, a really good snapshot of contract performance, both the good and the bad things. People seem to think right. it's always just a way to ding the contractor, but it's also a way to say things that they did very well. Okay, we'll come back to that. That's a great point. Before we get into the the human factors involved here, let me summarize why this is so important. So first, yes, it's required. It's required on supply contracts over $5 million and service contracts over $1 million. This is how the government gets past performance information on current contracts. This gives the evaluators, the source selection officials, the raters and contracting officers and the source selection authority, this gives them that past performance information. Now, a lot of source selections, you are asked in the RFP to provide past performance information. 
and contractors provide all of these incredible past performance situations where they've overachieved and everyone was super happy and they delivered on time and on budget. So to make sure that the government gets the whole story, CPARs are required as well because the good and the bad go into the CPARs. Right, and 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 you're right. I have never seen a contractor ever send in uh, poor past performance information ever. And uh, yeah, I, I, wonder wonder why. Why. I wonder why they do that. <laughs> and, and and you know what what makes that interesting to me is you know when we go from the span of uh, like a sealed bid up to low price, technically acceptable to a full trade-off. And, and, you know, especially when people are convinced that that trade-off, that they want to trade better past performance for a higher price when they get to that trade-off. But if everybody has exceptional past performance, then it still comes down to price. So you're still really doing an LPTA. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and again, but when you when when they're those teams are looking at that past performance information, they're really looking at strengths and weaknesses for the contractor because you know there may be certain areas where it's like, eh, you know, I mean, it's if they just did satisfactory in that area, I'm okay with that because that's not the technical piece or that's not the cost piece right, right. or whatever. Other areas, they may say, oh, man, they've really got crappy management across the board for five years of a contract, and I can't deal with that. I can't deal with you know, five years of crappy management. So so you just you tripped right into the next topic there about why the government should care so much about CPAR. So this information in the system, it's it's crucial as part of the past performance evaluation for these competitive awards. This is where you get these strengths and weaknesses and where you may assess trends. Okay, so this contractor – they, they generally start a little rocky, but by the end, boy, they've always satisfied their customers. They get it together. Or these guys always come in and they, they sold a good game, but when it comes to performance, you know, by the end of the third year, no one's happy with them. It's good to know that when you're working a source selection, you know, besides the fact that it's required by law, which is – that's, of course, government people should care. It's, it's law. But this is a human system, and government officials who, who actually input that CPARS information – they got to ensure that it's, it's objective and factual, despite the fact there's humans involved here. So there's a couple things that come into play, and it's just like reviews on Yelp or on Google or whatever. Only people that are very happy or very sad or angry about the service or supply that they've received generally take the time or energy to, to write anything in the system. So I think CPARS works a lot the same way where you you see a lot of write-ups for unsatisfactory and a lot of write-up for exceptional, but there's a lot of just satisfactory or, you know, very satisfactory, whatever the, that middle one is. There's a lot of those that – there's not a lot of, of support behind the ratings. So when the the program manager of the core goes in and they're really angry at the contractor and they type up a whole – diatribe of why they're so upset how do we make sure that that doesn't get launched out into the the world what happens i should say what happens if if maybe it's not true maybe if there's a little too much emotion involved is there any kind of check and check and balance on the government there, side for there, that? there is there's there's always checks and balances which is very important to have the the process is supposed to take the entire process is supposed to take about 120 days 
that, in other words, that's from the start until it's finalized. The a contractor has 60 days to challenge the CPARs or input comments to the CPARs. Now, those comments will be, a, they're viewable also. So, you know, in other words, if you got a satisfactory rating, for example, but you kind of had an explanation as to why you got a satisfactory rating, the uh, assessors and graders and evaluators can see that, you know, there was an explanation for, you know, I mean, yeah. if, if they care, I mean, I, you know, I, to me, it could be just somebody whining. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> but, uh, uh, they used to be like, yeah, hey, whatever. Oh, I couldn't do any better. But um, they, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but you know, the, the reality of the way that the system works is that you really need to challenge the CPARs or get your comments in there within 15 days because at the end of the 15th day, that information automatically goes through to the PIPRs and the FAP system. And so then let's say that on the, you know, the 50th day, you provide comments or you challenge the CPARs and you go back and they change the CPARs rating, then there will be a revised CPAR rating in the system, but that old rating is still in there for people to see. And, you know, depending on how, how bad of a, you know, how, you know, if we see it in print, we tend to believe it's true, right? So you kind of go, well, uh, how did they go from this to this, I, you know, and, and did they have to coerce so, a contracting officer or, or whatever? But so the whole, the whole record, record is in, is in there. there. And, and what people need to understand is normally the people that are assessing the contracts is your contracting officer representative, your program manager, those, those types of folks, your quality assurance personnel. And the CEO may not be as involved in the process as they should be. And so they don't really look at anything until a challenge comes in and then they go, oh my goodness, why did the core write this information? Because the core wasn't looking at the totality of the performance from the CO's perspective. You know, all their deliveries were on time. Uh, the end user is, is, right. is satisfied with it and so forth and so on. So, um, and again, it is, you know, anytime a human touches it, that makes something more subjective or, you know, you could have a core that doesn't care much for you and then they're going to write bad things or a core that really loves yeah. you. <laughs> so, so, right. So best practice is that the CO would look at the what the core is putting in before it hits the system, before it's finalized in the system and before you have to go through the, the whole challenge process that where the contractor can say that's not really yes. true. And and in fact, what, what I always did as a contracting officer is I would tell the um, this, this CPARS assessing officials that I wanted them to send me, you know, like email me a copy of the verbiage that they were going to put yeah. in there and that I wanted to look at it to... It's okay. You want to prove it before they let their craziness get out. The reality is, is that the, the top, the top person who is the reviewing official is usually somebody pretty high in the requirements chain. And they're the ones that are going to have to deal with any challenges. And so as the assessing right. official, they don't um, uh, want, want those in there. And j just it, it, to go back a little ways, the ratings are unsatisfactory, marginal, satisfactory, very good, and exceptional. Those are the official ratings. So it's not very satisfactory. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was very, I, we knew it was very something, but it's, anyhow, it's very good. I had to go back, <laughs> I like the back because I was, it was driving me a little bit crazy. Let me run through the timeline 
real quick, just because we've been we've been talking about all these things that happen. But let me run through this again. So, 365 days after a contract starts is the first rating, and every 365 days thereafter. After that 365 days, there's a 60 day process for the CPARS information to be entered in the system and to be finalized. But the there's 120 days. Okay, the first 15 days. So so. The first however many days are taken up by the government folks getting the information in, and if they've done it well, then it's a team effort and not just one person either raging or or praising a contractor. It's the overall team's assessment of the performance, and it's very fair and factual. At that point, contractors are able to view it and can challenge it or otherwise support Yes, it was satisfactory, and here's why it was only satisfactory and not exceptional. And that's also supposed to be objective and factual, but you know, it's still it's people here, and it's salesmanship, I'm sure, in, in some of those as well. So after that 15 days, the government has a, a chance to reassess and revise their rating. And then after 120 days, it's all locked in there. Yes. And then it's locked in there well, forever. That's what they tell you. <laughs> However, um, at, at my last organization before I retired, I was the CPARS focal point. And, and what I found out is really those ratings can be pulled back and changed at any point in time. So, you know, if, if you, if you, it was really, and, and you know, and, and the contractor really feels like they didn't get a chance to have their say or for whatever reason, you know, they didn't right. see it in time or, you know, whatever. Uh, if, if it is factually incorrect, you know, I mean, if it's inaccurate, completely right. inaccurate, um, then you can go to the CPAR system folks. The CPARs is run by the Navy and you can go to them and then they will unlock that rating and will send it back to the assessing official to make a change. But, uh, but that's but, good to know. So and, and, you know, people, I mean, they won't tell if, you that though. They won't tell you that. That's a secret. Just, <laughs> but you just did. You just did. So so really, it's to your benefit, contractors, to check the system. And if you think that something is an inaccurate representation of what's what really went on the contract, you need to work with the government, not be all mad, not sue, but work with those people to make it more accurate, to make it something that everyone can live with. Because if you don't, that information is out there, and it's out there forever. The, the ratings are out there on your oldest contracts to your newest contracts, even if a lot has changed in your company over the last 10 years, there's still ratings from 10 years ago out there? Yes. Yes. And I think they retain them. It's it's some ridiculous number of years. It's something like uh, 20 years after final closeout. And, uh, you know, if it's like a cost-type contract, those things can take 10 years to close out. So, so you know... So a CPARS is kind of like a it bad is, tattoo. It is, it is, it is if if, if, if you let it go, forever. it's going to be with it you forever. It is yours forever, and you yes, yes. So we've actually been talking about why industry should care. We shifted from why government should care to why both should care to sort of why industry should care. Your business lives and dies by these performance ratings. If you have a history of bad CPARS in the system – you may have trouble winning new awards because the government looks at these things. Those bad tattoos are out there for everyone to see. If you get good ratings, however, those are there for everyone to see too, and that can help you win awards. These good ratings help you win the next award. They help you get the option exercised because if you have a history of we did good, then we did bad, then we did horrible in your CPARS record, 
and you have a new contract that they're trying to decide, should we exercise the next year's option? And they see that you did great, you did not so good. They look at your CPAR's history and it says, hey, boy, by the third year, these guys always tank. They may decide not to exercise the option because they can see that you always go downhill in these things. So industry should care. This is their real, this is your permanent record, right? This is your permanent record, yes. If you have bad ratings, these are really hard to overcome. If they're unfair or inaccurate bad ratings, like you said, there's, there are ways that you can continue to work with the government to remedy that. But if you actually screw something up, the rest of the government's going to know or be able to know if they use the system. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's a contractor's right to challenge those ratings. And, you know, I've seen contractors that even though they got a satisfactory, they challenged that because they believed that it should be a very good. And as long as they have, you know, you can't just make it up and say, well, we, you know, we don't think satisfactory is right because we, we did okay and whatever. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, but if you say, you know, they talk in there specifically about our poor delivery schedule and, um, you know, and then when you challenge the rating, you come back and you say, well, the the government changed the delivery requirements 10 times and they kept extending the delivery at no cost. And so we didn't fail to deliver on time. It was government failure that caused those deliveries to be late. You know, I mean, so we should challenge yeah. that. And, and, you know, and again, that's why the CO has to be in that in that somewhere in that process because you know the program manager may not know that they may just say hey our original delivery date was the 10th of december and i didn't get it until the 25th of february so what happened right and and even if the rating doesn't change at least the contractor gets to to state their side of the story so that when someone sees that satisfactory rating they say okay well i kind of understand that maybe there's two sides because there's always two probably three sides yes, to there's every story. Two, many many sides to each story you're, abs- you're absolutely right okay let's wrap this up to summarize cpars the contract performance assessment rating system is the system that gathers this contract performance information that's then retrieved through peepers and fapas by the government folks the ratings have to be objective and factual and the contractors you have the ability to challenge ratings that you feel are inaccurate or unfair and get your point of view on record and please do that i know you get emails whenever whenever a cpars has been issued for one of your contracts you get an email that says a cpars has been issued it's time for you to go in and look at it and if you don't you may not even know what bad news is out there so remember, CPARS is is basically the Angie's list, the the because it's more structured than something like Yelp or like Google reviews. And as you can imagine, only very happy and very angry people take the time to really write up a lot of stuff in the system. The rest of it, it's all just the eh, it's okay, it's in the middle. And the more information that's in there, the more useful it is to them. And we talked before, Shelley, in a source selection. If you have a bunch of contractors that all have submitted roughly the same price and roughly the same technical solutions, roughly the same types of people, maybe this past performance is what sways the award one way or another. 
maybe the past performance allows someone with a higher price to actually win the award because they have a history of better performance that everyone can see. Just like on Yelp, you may not want to hire the cheapest guy to build a deck for your house so that it doesn't collapse and everybody falls off, right? You may want to hire someone that's a little more expensive but has a history of building decks that actually last. Something you said, another struck a chord with me is I have talked to contractors who said, oh, I get those notices and I don't even go in and look and see what's in there. I know, I I know. I'm always stunned when I hear that because you may think you're doing well, but that CPARS is somebody else's assessment of how you're doing. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you're dumbstruck when, you know, you get a, a, you've not made the competitive range or, or, you know, we're not going to further evaluate your proposal because we've used past performance as an evaluation criteria and you, you don't have any successful past performance because, you know, again, if, if, even if you're not in a FAR Part 15 source selection where there's a lot more give and take between the contractors, you may never know that they're looking at your CPARs and some of the other type source selections that are out there are competitive acquisitions. And so, you know, and they say, oh, but you've got, you know, 10 bad past performance ratings. And they're like, really? So don't, don't, don't be, don't be that guy. <laughs> don't, don't be that guy. Please look yeah. at your CPARs ratings. I always think the government can use this much like I use a, a Yelp review. If I see a restaurant and I see a, a one-star review and someone's just raging about a bunch of things, I went there and it was horrible and they they looked down their nose at me or whatever. I love it when the restaurant replies and says, we're so sorry that you had a bad experience. We were having a bad night, whatever, but owns up to it and says, please come back in. We'll give you a free meal, whatever. I like to see that type of thing. Contractors can really create an image of how they're viewed by the government by owning up to poor ratings and accepting responsibility for what went wrong. It shows that they can learn and do better. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, and if, if the rating is correct and you have to live with that, then, then you have to start thinking about, well, how am I going to start putting my past performance information together for a proposal to address those poor past performance ratings? You know, I, I need right. to, write that in such a way to say this is how I fixed it or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and, mu- and much better if you've actually captured that in this the system for everyone yes. to see up front, that, that you've owned up, owned up to issues and you know how to not and, let that and, happen and you're again. you're not going to let it happen again, right. You've taken corrective action. All right, speaking of not letting it happen again, why don't we wrap this up instead of keep <laughs> rambling on and on and on? We can do that. All right. Thanks, Shelly. I'll talk to you later. Okay. My fault. Okay. That's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Don't forget, our topics are listener-driven, so please send me your ideas to paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.